You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This week on Screen Squad, we have angry, semi-horny, atheist robots in space. <laughs> Thank you for laughing, because I thought of that just a few minutes before, and I'm like, man, I hope this lands. I mean, that just hit too close to home for me to find funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are horny, you're an atheist, and you might this be This is robot. my life we're talking about, right? <laughs> We're, we're talking about Raised by Wolves season two today, and uh, I, I don't know who else watches this show except for us three weirdos that signed up for it, because I watched the first season. And I was like, OK, I kind of I kind of like where this is going. And then I did it again. And I was like, I, I, I don't know where this is going, but I still like it for some reason. And some people who like it with me today, I have uh, Gina. Howdy ho there, neighbors. And I have Marco. Hello, hello. And this is right, of course. Now, Raised by Wolves. Okay, look, second, the first season, I I really liked the the setup. It's about robot androids that are trying to save humanity because Earth has basically been destroyed by uh, religious zealots that follow Sol. It's basically a, just a. It almost feels like an, a medieval version. Well, I guess of Christianity, we had already is medieval. Anyway, it's pre-medieval. It dates back to Roman times. And the atheists are apparently equally to blame. These two factions have made the planet Earth unlivable, and a handful of people have traveled across the stars to Kepler B-21, a real planet that is supposedly inhabitable. Mm. Uh, The androids get there first with some uh, babies in utero that they then raise. Not all of them make it, and then the Mithraic show up. And guess what? Those two factions don't get along any better on this planet than they did back on Earth. And the the two androids are still played by Amanda Collin as mother, who I think is fantastic in this mm-hmm. show. She is giving mm-hmm. it her all every damn episode, and it's a really intense role. And uh, Abu Baker, Salim, uh, as father, as, well, the the two androids uh, together. And the leader of the Mithraic? I can't even say it right Mithraic. now. Mithraic. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. The Mythic uh, Faction, Marcus, played by Travis Fimmel, who I guess is famously known for Vikings or something like that. I don't know what show he's on. And that was his big show. Yeah. That was his big show. And, uh, God, okay, the first season the first season ends with Amanda Collins' character. And this is not, if you haven't watched it the first season, I don't know why in the hell you're listening to this one then. But uh, the first season ends with Mother giving birth, literal birth, to a robotic, gigantic alien, a snake creature thing. And it was a like, flying snake. A flying snake. It's not just a regular snake. This oh, snake no. floats. If you're afraid of snakes or birds, this is the worst thing you've ever seen. I mean, yeah. this is this is the 
cameo I wish Indiana Jones had been in. What? You know what I mean? Like, I really would have loved Harrison Ford just to step in and be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Not again. I hate snakes. No. I hate snakes. I hate them. And if that sounds weird, you're correct. Because... Uh, it's it's a very bonkers show, uh, you know, produced by Ridley Scott, and of course, when that flying snake creature thing pops out of uh, Amanda Collins' android uh, android's character, uh, <laughs> then you're like, oh, there's Ridley Scott. There you are. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is like kind of reeking of him, but this is still created by Aaron uh, Guzikowski. Um, and it feels like his baby more, <laughs> uh, more now this season than the first season. Now, I, granted, I do believe the second season was af- affected by uh, the pandemic because mm-hmm. it kind of takes place now. They have found in the tropical zone because the first zone that they were in was a uh, very cold. There was not a lot of food, and they didn't know what to do, and that's why some of the the kids died in the first season. Blah 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 blah. And they find that there are other humans, another faction of atheists that are there. The uh, what are they called? The collective, and uh, they are putting up shop. And of course, they the uh, they find mother. They kind of bring her back, and um, then they I think. Uh, Marcus is out and about. So I forget exactly where the hell he is, but they find the kids and the father and now they're all kind of like living there, but they like everyone has a job to do and a lot of things just get kind of out of hand, of course, where Marcus comes back and he thinks that he is now the uh, the prophet of Saul because he can withstand some, you know, serious combat and violence and other crazy ass things in this fucking show. Um, the, needless to say, the symbolism in this uh, show, like, I don't know about you guys, because I'd love to hear what you think about this. And I think Marco and I have talked about it off uh, mic before. Uh, the, symbolism, the symbolism is just riddled throughout the show, but I don't know sometimes what it fucking means. Because <laughs> it's so weird and vague and pointing at so many different things. I'd love to know what you guys think. One about this season of Raised by Wolves 2. Gina, please lead us off. I've been trying to figure out which gives me the most headache (laughs) philosophically, Attack on Titan or Raised by Wolves. And I feel like they're neck and neck at this point Um, because there's just so much going on. But somehow, I feel like this season handles the plot points better. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I struggled a bit with this season because of just the pacing of the tone of a lot of the episodes. Some episodes were like kind of dragging and the episodes. I thought I was watching a horror film. I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Like it was really good action and it picked up the pace. But I guess for me this season, a lot of the symbolism is really about what you interpret things as uh, a lot of this is about folks perception, their projections of their own beliefs and, and whatnot. But I really do feel for Mother. <laughs> That's who I really feel for. Because she really is just trying to do her goddamn job. <laughs> you know, she's like the person at work who, you know, it's questionable questionable actions. But at the end of the day, she's just trying to do her job. And she really can't catch a break, you know, if you think about all the things that she's been through from, like how you said, end of season one, giving birth to a snake after going into a simulation and kind of having sex with her grandfather. Father, father, father. Or her, her maker. Her creator. Right? Her creator, yeah. <laughs> she fucks God, basically. 
and gives much. birth to a son. Yes. Or in this case, a snake. Yes. So it's kind of a virgin birth. And to talk about these symbolisms, I mean, they end up in what's basic, like Wright said, season one, they were in this really inhospitable place that was cold, mm-hmm. nothing grew. They end up in the tropical zone, which is protected by this electromagnetic bubble or whatever they call it. Mm. It's basically Eden. And like the Garden of Eden, uh, there's a snake in it, and there's the Tree of Knowledge, and there's forbidden fruit. But while that's heavily Judeo-Christian, uh, I mean, Mother is right out of Greek mythology. I mean, we find out her name is Lamia. Hey, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, 3,000-year-old spoiler. The Lamia is a woman whose children were killed, and so she goes. Dr- she gets driven in a rage, turns into a snake-like being, and devours yes. other people's children, yes. and has the power to remove her eyes. This show ain't subtle. Wow, but I did not know that, that part actually. That's yeah, uh, I that's, yeah. that's why oh, I like it's her ripped so right much. out of. She's on my page. It's ripped right out of Greek mythology. Yep. But I think to speak to what Gina was saying, you can take this and interpret it in your own way. And I think the way Aaron Guzinkowski and his uh, writers are playing this is this is not literal Judeo-Christian myths or Greek myths or whatever. Right. But the idea that there is some universal myth. There were things that happened thousands, maybe millions of years ago that human beings kind of just remember. But over the millennia, we've kind of forgotten them or embellished them or misinterpreted them. So maybe something like this happened, but there's a reason why every culture shares a lot of these same myths and tropes in their mythologies and religions. Ultimately, it's questioning what is myth? And where does that come from? And there are things which uh, we want to wrap this up so we can actually talk a little spoiler stuff. So, uh, you know, get off here if you don't want to listen to any more of this after our final thoughts. But there, there's something I want to talk about uh, that's in regards to myth. And, you know, the wh- where do these things come from? Even like science and even to the, like the spirituality, like where do these ideas come from? But let's go into final thoughts so we can talk spoiler stuff, even though it's going to be really bonkers and weird. But uh uh, Marco, why don't you lead us off into your final thoughts? Remember the prologue from Prometheus where you saw like these <laughs> ancient alien engineers? Yes. And he like, they're surrounded by like these cult-like figures and this guy drinks some weird liquid and then he turns into like black goo and sort of seeps into a river and then his cells start dividing. Have you ever wanted an entire series of that without wondering what the fuck this has to do with the Alien franchise? <laughs> Well, I have good news for you. They have made that show, and it is called Raised by Wolves. Uh, There's a lot of heady stuff here. You understand why someone like Ridley Scott uh, would be attracted to this. It touches on some of the themes you've seen in his other work, like Alien and Blade Runner. But showrunner Aaron Guzagowski has definitely made this something, I think, that is uniquely his own with Ridley Scott's peculiar touches added. And that alone, I think, should make it worth uh, your time. Uh, It's a mindfuck of a show, and I can't wait to talk about it in the spoilers section, uh, because by the next season, my rating is either going to go way up or way down. I really don't know. But for now, I am going to give this 8.5 out of 10 forbidden fruits that look suspiciously like brains. Thank you. They looked terrible. I don't know why anyone would eat that shit. Except for a cannibal or Hannibal, I guess. Um, uh, Gina, what are your final thoughts? This show, I have never felt this conflicted since Westworld. 
Um, mm, sure. And and I say that with a lot of love. I really appreciate uh, the world building in this show. I really appreciate the character arcs in this show. I appreciate all the ways that they force you to think. Uh, with that being said, it isn't always paced the greatest when it comes to the episodes in the second season. I actually take my complaints back from the first season where I was like, oh, this is really slow. Um, i rather take a slow buildup to a crazy what the fuck ending than kind of like a roller coaster of, all right, I don't even know if I want to stick with this. And then you stick with it and it's like, what the fuck again? <laughs> um, so, but apart from that, it's amazing acting. These are the type of shows you expect from HBO, quality acting. CGI is a little funky, but we'll give it, we'll forgive it due to the great mm-hmm. storytelling and and the progression of the characters and the philosophical themes they're able to present. This is a lot of heaviness and the fact that they're able to take such a cumbersome subject and make it watchable. I, I give them kudos. So my rating for this season, I'll actually give this season a seven out of 10 <sighs> times I cried for Sue. Poor Sue. Oh, I, poor Sue. I wanted to make a, a little, uh, little rhyme book about Sue. But yes, seven out of ten times I cried for Sue. <laughs> like, I feel like Dr. Seuss was going to come out and be like, poor Sue. <laughs> poor Sue. What will she do? Um, right? <laughs> Na- Na- Naeem uh, Algar, uh, Algar, she plays Sue, and uh, she's a fantastic actress. And uh, mm-hmm. I saw her last year in the movie, the horror movie Censor. She was yes. great. And, oh, that's uh, right. She yeah. was in that. She was. And she's... <clears throat> Has a great accent, actually. She's Irish, um, and so and I think Amanda Collin is Dutch too. And so, oh, wow. like, yeah, I don't know how these people. Dan- are... She's Danish. Danish. I that's what it is. Yeah, but, but I saw... the Danish speak English perfectly. I mean, every Danish actor has a pretty good American accent. Yeah, yeah. and it's just it's anyway. That I, I think everyone in this is really great. I do agree with uh, Gina that the pacing wasn't the greatest here and there, and I think there was actually a few plot threads that. I thought we're going somewhere that I thought were interesting. And then they're like, eh. and they just kind of gave it up, which I'm kind of like, I, I can't tell if they were just like giving up on it or they're like, Oh, well, that's going to come back. Motherfucker. Like you have no fucking, I, I don't have any idea. So I, it's, it's a really interesting show. I, I really love the, the ideas that it posits. And again, what, um, what do all these things come from everything from the religion to how like the world that they're on and the, the science, how it all works, everything from the acid oceans to some of the creatures that come out of it, which were in the first season. That's no spoiler. Um, and where all these relics come from. I mean, they're physical relics. They are there. So like what the fuck is happening? And I, I, I was speaking to uh, someone about this, that they, have now planned for at least five seasons worth of, uh, of material, which I'm like, okay, I really hope that actually goes there because I think this is a fascinating story enough to where I feel like I have faith in Aaron uh, Guzikowski enough to where he can actually stick the landing and not do, I, I, like Rid- I like Ridley Scott, but he can do a very bullshit end where he's just like, oh, well, it's up to you to figure it out. And I'm like, okay, look, you've already said a lot of crazy ass shit with this. You got to tell us exactly what the fuck is going on here, okay? Please. But 
I think uh, the MVP of this show is still Amanda Collin. I love her to pieces. I love, I really love it anytime she's on screen and when she's doing things. I think it, it in a way, didn't have enough of her sometimes. I just want, I, I just wanted to be more of a character study about her because she is a fascinating character. But I'm going to give this uh, eight out of ten. Um, oh, um, uh, deadly mice. Ooh. Um, okay. Spoiler talks. The fuck is this show about, man? I. <laughs> I was gonna say, what questions do you have, man? I can. Okay. 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 I can give you the answers. I've studied. I've done my homework. Okay. <laughs> so spoiler talk. We are talking about now why, okay, the grandmother is a new character on the show, and I'm glad that they stuck the landing that she's insidious, and, uh, or maybe not, because she might know a little bit more, like, oh, we have to devolve humans because they have to survive this world, and, like, what the fuck She's evil. She's Darth Vader. I was so pissed when Father was just offering up fucking information, like, you dumbass (laughs) bitch. Why do you know her? You just messed with We have not given (laughs) enough credit to Abubakar Salim, because Father is my favorite character. I mean, oh, even more than Mother. Mother is, like, you know, the deadly badass mm-hmm. and father's just like everybody disses him. Like you're just the generic service model. <laughs> You've just got nothing. So your only power right. is dad jokes. Would you like to hear uh, a joke? But, but he's so sweet and wonderful and you totally get why. Yes, he would totally get suckered in by a grandmother. And the thing is, I don't, and again, this show's always about interpretation. I don't think grandmother is, evil i don't think so either her mind she's following her mission parameters she's like my job is to make sure they are that humans survive and they're happy and they survive best when they're happy and they're happiest when they just evolve to this animalistic state because then they're not starting nations or religions or destroying themselves they're not polluting the planet or creating weapons of mass destruction they're fucking and eating. Well, and yeah. what could be better than that? And they survive as a species. And they can f- survive the terrain in the world itself because that was so interesting, at least that they did that one thing, which was actually kind of a horrifying scene when, like, that the mother creature just takes the fucking baby out of Tempest's arms after mm-hmm. Tempest. And that whole scene is just harrowing, is crazy. But, yeah. like, then you find her, she's actually nursing the baby. It's like, oh, these were human. And they're maybe in a way starting to like evolve again back to a human, like normal human state. They're like, oh yeah, I remember I used to breastfeed my kid. I know there's no good guy, bad guy, good cop, bad cop in here, but it's also an argument between what is right and then what is logical. So it's not that you're right. She's not evil, but also the voice that they keep hearing they won't be able to interact with their voice if they de-evolve. So she also has that logic of if they don't keep evolving, this voice won't keep destroying them and thus they can live. Because remember, he said ignorance is bliss. And she said, no, it's happiness. Like she thinks that if we devolve back to an animalistic state, and of course that goes back to all the old school philosophers, uh, even Aquinas, where this idea <laughs> as uh of human nature, you know what I mean? In, in the animalistic side of nature versus the intelligence, which just makes us humans and evolved. So it was just interesting hearing her basically be like, I'm doing my job, but also she, she understands what she's doing because at the end of the day, you're still taking away their right, their consent to be these beings. And it's already happened with my homeboy campion, bro. Like 
Come on. I can't lose Campion, man. I can't no. lose my I, I really hope we don't like... Because what's the last thing grandmother tells uh, mother? She's like, you know, they'll be fine. And then when it's all over, I'll wake you up and, you know, we'll talk. Yeah. And you'll see what I do. I'm like, oh, my God. We're not going to have, like, a 20-year time jump, are we? Oh, And, God. like, all of the kids are fucking, you know, fish people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, so now I'm thinking about, like, okay, so who programmed grandmother the original humans on the planet did, and they probably programmed her to say the only way that we can survive is to devolve into these, um, you know, mermaid people. And now, and I also think what you're going to find out is that they also left, like some of the people left the planet to come, then come to earth. Oh yeah. And, yeah. No, I totally think that's what it is. That's yeah. why we remember all of these things as part of earth heritage. They're like millions of years ago. Right. And it's like they brought some of the relics and like the the imagery and everything is all coming from this planet. And then they're like, oh, shit, we just basically came back home and we're also realizing that we are almost we can't survive as our uh, current state as as humans, because in the end, we're just going to eat each other and kill each other. Well, I think that's what that's what grandmother says, you know, the the. Yeah. The entity, whatever it is, whether it's an alien or not, and Paul says the smartest thing in the series so far, he's like, so what if God's an alien? I mean, to his mind, like, God could be an alien. It's a a superior being. And this thing is talking to people and giving them visions and telling them what to do. And grandmother has seen this all before and goes, you know, it's always a bad thing. It just leads to violence and death and suffering. And the entity will go back to sleep as soon as you know everybody goes back uh to a devolved state it's it's again talk about genesis where you have adam and eve who are living in the garden they eat of the fruit of knowledge right and once they've eaten from the fruit of knowledge then they've destroyed paradise and they're destined to live a horrible life what i think stall is ultimately is the last faction of humans that actually escaped kepler uh eight or whatever the hell it's called um and there it's a signal to try to instill the myth still like try to get like oh no 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 there we were human before and uh what they the other faction who is like no we're cool with devolving because that's the only way we're going to actually survive and you know yeah but all of those relics are like hey here's how you open it we left these seed pods all over the planet. Clearly, they want you to do something with them. Exactly. Those are the faction that, like, they're re- religious faction, whatever you want to call it, to keep the idea of humanity alive. They think it's a different way, I think. Uh, like, that this is going to keep, you know, us being human, not devolved to mermaid people. I feel like it's a mixture of Solaris meets Alien, where... And I even think there's a third entity too, just like how there's going to be three factions and uh, Campion is really going to be the one who promotes this kind of newer path that isn't a repeat of our mistakes, Mm -hmm. but we also take a little bit of our past with us because he's Mm -hmm. always championed that balance with like androids and humans and how like this world should just be, you know, for everyone. So clearly he's, well, actually, I'll add in the Matrix. He's the one who's trying to get everybody to, you know, to, to unplug. But mm-hmm. personally, I think that voice is kind of like, that's why I bring up Solaris. I think when they landed on that planet, it had an intelligence 
that they thought they could um, understand and they could not. And I think with them trying to understand it, the technocrats, they were able to create all this technology. Because again, remember the Mithraic just took that technology, but they don't know what the hell it meant. They know what the mm-hmm. hell they were doing. They didn't know how to read it. So they were just making making stuff and not knowing what, what they're doing. So who's not to say the technocrats didn't do that when they were on that planet, uh, being exposed to alien alien life and alien weaponry and using it and not understanding exactly what they were doing. So I mean, these people are definitely not as curious. I, 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 I grant you they're trying to survive, but we've seen from season one, they were like, everyone assumed that this was just, you know, a planet without any kind of higher life forms, but it was pretty quickly established that, okay, there was obviously giant snakes that lived here because we found mm-hmm. their bones. Yeah. And there's all these sorts of artifacts that appear to be man-made. And now in season two, not only are they cataloging them and finding them, but they, they keep finding them. Yeah. So they're everywhere. You don't even have to look very hard. Like, oh, here's a temple in a cave a, with a, a big seed box thing that uh, the little girl yeah. just digs up. You're like, it's right over there. Like, where are these things? It, it, it's, it, it just seems like it's all planted for that with the express purpose of somebody finding it. And the thing about this show, I, I'm kind of with Gina in that it kind of reminded me of Westworld. Yeah. Except I didn't like Westworld that much because it's it had that sort of pretentious, like, oh, my God, aren't we so fucking deep? Uh, we're the first show to ever really question these things. Like, no, you're not. You're not even the Thousand show. Uh, Raised by Wolves is kind of playing with those same kind of concepts with even religion thrown in and what mm-hmm. it is to be an android and what it means to be human. Right. And the thing that separates it from those other more self-serious things is I keep waiting for it to disappear up its own ass in, with self with pretentiousness. And it hasn't really. But it keeps throwing like weird pulpy shit or like oddball humor or like what the fuck kind of act sequences that i yeah. i just i kind of love it. it yeah it's just like snake babies yeah we have those now. <laughs> snake you know, babies. fish people i didn't know there were fish people yeah there's fish people and the, every episode they introduce a mystery or two yeah mm-hmm. but they always resolve it usually like an episode like oh she opened the tree what's gonna happen we find out later Oh, the, the snake is attacking people. They're like, no, it's not. Paul's turning into some weird cocoon. We're going to cure him in the next episode. It's this weird thing where it's like they're hitting you with all these mysteries, but I think other shows would drag them out. Yeah. yeah they would. Whereas Raised by Wolves gives you just this little steady drip of resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's a cookie. Here's a reward for sticking around. There's still <laughs> mysteries, but we're not going to keep you hanging for three seasons to figure out what the fuck happened. We're yeah. going to give you little bits along the way. 